0: Demons go outside screaming you can run but you can't hide you can't scare me I'm already dead inside punch dance and a punch dance and punch dance Hey scared cats Guess guess what friggin' time it is It's the most wonderful time of the year
1: Happy October, everybody. <laughs> you set that up perfectly and you had no idea it was coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's October. It's, I was going to say it's October. <laughs> it's, it's all of our favorite months. It's finally here. Wow. And what an October we have to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, let's start listing them off. We got Halloween. Halloween's coming out in a couple weeks. I went for the biggest one first. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, um, that's all I really had in mind. Suspiria as Sus- well. Suspiria. But yeah. that's kind of like just after Halloween. I think November 2nd. Oh, comes it's rolling out. in early November. It's rolling in. Maybe we'll get like a nice Halloween screening a few days early. If they release it. You know, sometimes they release it on the Thursday or the Wednesday.
0: That'd be cool. That'd be amazing. I'm hoping that we can catch it just a little bit ahead of time. Yeah. To do the, the actual episode for. Yeah.
1: But it's, it's a great month for horror and every, even non-horror fans go out and want to see horror movies or watch them at home.
0: Yeah, uh, you're, you'll also start going out to like, everything's going to be Halloween themed, mm-hmm. uh, like haunted houses and those sorts of Hell big yeah. haunts, things like that. Our streets are just decked out in Halloween hmm goodies we're, and we're,
1: decorations
0: we're talking costumes at this point in time so people are bringing home their tattered rag hoods and whatever yeah. and their big bloody sickles that they're gonna be using mm-hmm. there's bloody props all around your house all of a sudden
1: it's our time to shine baby hmm this is uh, um, it's our Christmas it's yeah, our, yeah, there there you go. fourth of
0: July <laughs> I for some reason just like um, Scrooge from Christmas Carol came to me and harvest season for Pro- the money probably of the Christmas Carol I just played <laughs> I suppose um, <laughs> that line: harvest season for the money lenders it's harvest season for the horror
1: podcasters hell yeah baby uh and today we're watching up size upgrade the downgraded uh tom hardy tom, <laughs> logan marshall green that was great and you know what i'm gonna flip that i'd say that tom hardy is the downgraded logan marshall green i think logan marshall Green's a better actor i like him more hmm. is that a bold horror statement yeah, i was just like, call it wrong but yeah this is fun you like tom hardy more? i i think he's so good like maybe because i just love the invitation so so much the invitation's great um but i don't in the invitation does he like stun
0: in the same way like tom hardy does and like uh whatever that bane le, leonardo dicaprio movie is with the bear
1: uh revenant yeah revenant yeah he's pretty good in revenant that's true you know what it may just be the movies that he's doing that i like more mm. but uh, did you mind. ever
0: see fury I or see no, Fury. no, not Fury. Um, I'm talking about Lawless. I, oh, I love Lawless.
1: That's a great movie. Lawless is awesome. That's true. It. We never talked about that. You're, man maybe i'm maybe i'm just jumping way ahead of myself here well the invitation is pretty
0: great too the invitation is like the one
1: reference that we have from this podcast which mm-hmm. makes it more relevant for conversation okay you know what no upgrade no downgrade it's just it's one of those useless upgrades great you know when you like your phone insists that right like, fucking <laughs> update grip, date me and you put it off for weeks for no reason Then you are yeah. like fine do it overnight i guess yeah and it just turns no, out it's, like, it's
0: making the x more clickable and in, like instagram or whatever like <laughs> you're,
1: you're like wow way to upgrade yeah <laughs> it's maybe it's that i think we're excited to see both logan marshall green yeah it's a lateral movement of grading there you go it's a (laughs) lateral lateral casting (laughs) lateral (laughs) grade um very excited to see this one we both are
0: yeah uh, you know i this one it was not big on, on like i didn't hear too much hype about it except from you And then you've been very excited to see it. I'm
1: like, it looks fun. It's because we live in Canada. I don't know what is happening with, is this Blumhouse Tilt that did this one? Blumhouse Tilt, I think distributed it, but it's Blumhouse Productions that uh, produced it. That seems strange. Because I know Blum, like Blumhouse does their own distribution for a Blumhouse one. And Blumhouse Tilt, I thought was just things they acquire and then sell. But you're saying Mm. this one was bought by Blumhouse and then distributed by Tilt?
0: This is Australian American. So like, I don't, yeah, yeah.
1: I'm almost positive that that's right. Interesting. Um, Either way, yeah, for for us in Canada, movies like Upgrade, and then there was another parallel of another release this year, we only got two weeks of theater time, if not one week, at one theater, Young and Dundas. Yeah. Yeah on like one small screen and that wasn't it at all. Whereas in the States, you got a wide release of this movie. Yeah. We complained about this before. I'm so confused. Where's upgrade? Give us upgrade. Yeah. We're getting angry over Twitter to no likes or responses. You know
0: what it was like? It was like the Rick and Morty Szechuan sauce at McDonald's. Mm -hmm. It was like, it's very hype. You want it. Everybody's like jazzed about it. We're doing it. It's
1: coming to you guys. And then they sent like 20 packets to each McDonald's. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. What the hell? Yeah. But I was very excited for this one because first of all, um, Lee Whannell, is a writer director of this who has uh also done oh he's he is responsible for so many of our big horror movies these days i mean he met another man named james Wan in college like a love story i love this it is a love story he met another man they met in james Wan at the melbourne film institute in australia they're Mm -hmm. both there everyone was doing art house films and one day in class um they're showing films and a zombie film gets played on the screen that one of the other students made. Mm-hmm. Lee Whannell falls in love and goes up to James Wan after and he said, did you make that zombie movie? I loved it. They start instantly bonding over uh. movies that they love. They were the only two in their class. that really loved genre films. So they obviously partner up, start doing things. Right after college, they don't have any money to make movies. So they're like, what can we do in just like a small two-room thing to make our movie for $5,000? So they made a little short that they called Saw. That got picked right. up to become okay. a full movie. There we go. They would go on later to do insidious. Okay. They also did on uh, dead silence in between that time. Dead silence was more of like, I it was, it was fine. Um, it didn't explode the same way that, and didn't have as big an impact on the genre the way that insidious and saw did. Those are two modern classics in horror. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But the partnership was always Lee when as the writer, James Wan is the director. Um so for Insidious Chapter Mm Three, you get finally um Lee Wan stepping up to direct something that he actually wrote. James in, Wan is all chapter doing, three. He did three insidious chapter three. I didn't see insidious chapter. Three. I think I may have turned it off halfway through. Huh. Um, so anyways, all this to say, I feel like upgrade is kind of his proper debut as a writer director. Cause while he did write and direct insidious three, that's kind of building on something existing, you know, right. It's way down the road of something that's already been done. This is an original idea yeah, that he's okay. from ground zero creating. Okay. So that's a bit of an upgrade.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I <laughs> you didn't even mean
0: for that pun. I was waiting for you to stop talking so I could say it. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh,
1: super exciting. I mean, I should have looked into that more. I didn't realize that's who he was. Yeah, he he wrote uh, Saw one, two, and three. Two, not really, because th- the studio mm-hmm. wanted two to come out right away, and they just grabbed another script and sawified it, and that's how we get Saw two. Oh man, yeah, that's interesting. Fire. That happens to a lot of sequels. Yeah, especially if a studio wants it, they're like, We need a script now. We don't yeah. have time to wait for you to write this thing. Like we'll
0: just get the closest script to it. And and then yeah, so then um this happened when we were doing Slasher September a little bit. Like um it, it, movies juggle like sort of titles and concepts as other movies are being made are somewhat similar, mm. or an actor is in this other movie that has a similar name. Um we talked about this, I think, a little bit with um The Burning. Or, or at least you can find this if you look into some like Wikipedia facts about the burning mm-hmm. is uh, that I think the um, original name was different um, to do. It, it was closer to a Friday the 13th or like sort of naming a killer okay. kind of thing. And then because of uh, someone who is. I think dating someone who was on another production of a slasher that was going on at the same time, they changed the name to the ah. burning cause they were similar.
1: The Burning's a great name for it oh, is movie. great.
0: And like, you know, it doesn't make a ton of sense worked out no. until you watch yeah. and say, oh, cause he gets burned, <laughs> but that
1: doesn't come up again for any reason in the movie. Yeah. So it's, it's weird that when you're like, most of these writers are just imagining and coming up with their, this passionate, or they're working on this passion project. You have a certain title in mind. And then mm. because of a few studio things or yes. just the way what life throws at you and the opportunities, suddenly your movie is now the sequel to Saw, which was yes. like, <laughs> like, you're like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, exactly. That's that's really weird. Really, it's super
0: weird. Because, oh, man, I always think of the first two Saw movies as like kind of, kind of brilliant, like the two brilliant ones.
1: But yeah, yeah but and, also so different. I mean,
0: mm, yeah, I guess n- now that makes a lot of
1: sense. Totally. that way. Well, Saw 2, and it's interesting that it was a different script because they really lean into Saw 2 for all the rest of the franchise. Yeah. Like that really informs it, you yeah, know, yeah, the I idea of right. different traps, different rooms. Yeah. Uh, whereas yeah. that first one was just a one room and it's more of a detective story. You know, you're more with, what's his face? Donald, not Donald Glover. Danny Glover. <laughs> you're with yeah. Danny Glover the whole time trying to figure it out while these two mm-hmm. people are just trapped in that room. Like, Yeah, you're right. It is more of a just kind There's of There's no, crime like, tortury music. things. It's just the, the one single sign off the leg that, that happens.
0: Well, that's, yeah, that's kind of the concept, too, with Friday the 13th is there was no Jason. There was no precedent for what Friday the 13th would what become. What it becomes, yeah. And they just ran with the one part they liked
1: the most. Yeah. So much so that Tom Savini's like, now I am done with this. <laughs> and that's just movie magic. You just mm-hmm. You never know what is going to end up becoming you know, your films or what your projects are going to turn into.
0: Yeah. And then where you're going to end up because of those things. Like yeah. now we're getting a 2018 upgrade from this guy after this weird, yeah. Small, rocky series of events. It's interesting.
1: Absolutely. So I, I imagine insidious three just is really maintaining the aesthetic of like what I remember from it. Cause I didn't finish it. Um, it's, uh, yeah, uh, it's just, no it's, interest. yeah, it's just mirroring. Like he's pretty much copying the formula of that. James Wan established, the right. look and feel of those movies. You wouldn't want to deviate too much from it. Yeah. And that's sad to think about
0: because like, you know, they're great. Like the insidious, the first two movies are great. Oh my God.
1: Not, well, the first, I can't even picture the second one that much, but that first one, of course, I hold yeah, very dearly.
0: Um, I can picture b- bits and pieces, but I remember maybe the, the James Wan feeling was like more obvious right. in it. Right.
1: It feels really good, but yeah. Yeah. That, that, that wears on you. It does. So I'm curious then to see like what kind of vibe we even get from this direction, just because mm-hmm. this is where he's he's now free of James Wan, right? And or and free of a franchise that has already established a very certain aesthetic. Yeah, okay. And the fact that he's traversing genres a little bit, like I mm. do get the sense that it is very much horror, but it's also very sci-fi. Yes. Uh, here's the logline: set in the near future, technology controls nearly all aspects of life. But when Gray, a self-identified technophobe, Perfect, of course. Has his world turned upside down? His only hope for revenge is an experimental computer chip implant called Stem. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Come on. I mean, it, even if lee i wasn't involved, we'd read this description and we'd be like, "Of course, this take uh, my money."
0: I the biggest excitement for me about this specific uh, movie um, is here's a real quick little Dave's Game Corner.
1: I want to play a game. Yeah. Dave's in the corner playing games. Do, 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 do. Wanna play
0: a game? Um, one of my favorite games ever, ever, ever is called Deus Ex. I've, I think I brought it up maybe think you once. Have, yeah. um, <clears throat> but it follows this guy who is like a security SWAT cop kind of guy um, in a world where um, body augmentation with technology is, become, is like causing a rift between humanity. Mm-hmm. Like there's AUGs and then people who have not been augmented in any way and like people who get augmented need like drugs to keep the augments from rejecting. So they become like the junkies, the, the poverty side of humanity and people who are not augmented, who don't have to spend money on this stuff rise in the class like system. And it becomes, it's very, very interesting. Like take on humanity. It's great. Um, the social commentary is great, but the main character who is like, not at all about the technology, he's just a run of the mill cop, runs into some bad villain ogs who just basically kill him to death. They throw him through like, like bulletproof glass and he's just, just his body is mangled. And then he wakes up as the experimental, Oh, um, next super level OG OG? cop. Right. And he, it turns out he's the only one who, um, he doesn't need any of the drugs. His body isn't rejecting. So he's like the perfect, like link for humans and technology. Right. Oh. And he's at the middle of this like conspiracy with these big technology companies while a civil war rages between it's incredible.
1: I mean, that almost <laughs> sounds like it could be this movie. Like from, from <laughs> it, this description sounds very similar. It's
0: pretty sweet. And so that's been my biz- biggest excitement about going into this one is that it's so crazily similar and like the even the way that like the company sounds like they're mm. like there is some sort of company involved or some sort of big overseeing like right. process of I don't know some organized process that makes this happen to them. like all of that just seems so such a great parallel and anyone who's played that game check it out the specifically Deus Ex uh, Human Revolution is the the specific title. Just is that like a
1: sequel to uh Island there or? was a
0: um i think a 90s or an early 2000s okay. pc game the original deus ex and then it's had other
1: iterations offshoots
0: and then there's a sequel that's come out uh, to human revolution called mankind divided which is okay hmm. um but absolutely incredible And in it fact, sounds great yeah yeah when we get some more time i'm going to tell you that story start to finish <laughs> drunkenly <laughs> around, around a, a campfire,
1: campfire. <laughs> Right after we're done with the hatchet stories. <laughs> Please, Dave, tell us one more story. Okay. The Deus Ex Machina in this story. <laughs> he,
0: he has automatic... He's got these little things beside his eyes, like on his temple, and mm-hmm. they're automatic sunglasses. They go... I like that. He's awesome. He's like Neo from the Matrix. But wait,
1: what's the purpose of that if you're the one playing the game? It just like... Does it uh, tend to the... It
0: brings up your heads-up display. Ah, so
1: gotcha, your gotcha. reticle and your health and all that perfect, stuff. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, it's so good. Speaking of campfire, this Dave and chris
0: This Dave chris
1: We watched Friday the 13th. Oh, that's a fun movie. Which means we've watched three Friday the 13th in less than a year. Because <laughs> it was a yeah. big year for Friday the 13th
0: but yeah in in that little cluster where we because we did technically miss one in this podcast we did we missed the first friday the 13th one of since we th- started greatest shames yeah totally and i feel like we did it for like christmas or halloween I, too. we missed a few yeah. we've done a couple real valentine's day we missed
1: uh, we're terrible we're at off this. of that now that we're a regular saturday podcast mm-hmm. yep <laughs> uh we can retrofit certain ones but maybe we'll wait for things like valentine's day to land on a saturday yeah we're gonna we'll try but i mean you get what you get yeah Um, (laughs) regardless we yeah we they happen to line up in a little cluster where we got to watch three so quick and now we have to wait till i think a year from now before we can even watch friday the 13th part four of the final chapter yeah so in the time we watched three yeah we now have to wait to we watch do. one more. You to be patient. <laughs> and I don't or,
0: or again, like I said in another episode when we talked about this, if you guys strongly disagree with this format yeah. and you want us to watch Friday the 13th Part 4 sooner, mm-hmm. you're the boss. If you feel passionately about it, be vocal. Yeah, uh, Google text Chris Davis on Massacre. You'll find us anywhere on the internet. Leave a comment in one of the places you can leave comments.
1: Do it. Interact with us. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Follow us and comment on our posts yeah. with this kind of nonsense. Like watch Friday the 13th. I want to hear you talk about it. Yeah, it's that simple. And we'll do it. <laughs> we will. But this first one, I mean, it's it's a disappointment. It's not it's too bad that um you know, it's the first installment of this franchise that is elevated so highly in mm-hmm. the consciousness of horror movies because it's not a great slasher. No. Um, we we like them I think in increasing order, right? Like I think we liked 3 more than 2 and 2 more than 1 or maybe maybe 2 and 3 were neck and neck?
0: Uh yeah, 2 and 3 were neck and neck, although like thinking about i think i prefer two the most of all of them so far
1: i think two had like a, a great final sequence like final showdown the last yeah. half hour with her and jason and going into the shack and the shrine yeah and pretending <laughs> to
0: be his mother and yeah you get
1: the most story there uh-huh. yeah I,
0: I, I yeah i think i like that the most as like a final sequence mm-hmm.
1: um three we did get the intro of the mask and we got Shelley and the harpoon gun.
0: Yes, yeah, uh, 3 was fun enough admittedly, um very frustrating.
1: I hear that it's much more enjoyable cuz they did do a screening in Los Angeles, so they need to do one here in Toronto of actually showing it in 3D. Like where oh, they brought the yeah. glasses out. Like that would be incredible, right? Oh, would
0: there be anything better than seeing like those stupid effects in 3D? Oh. All the just basically shovel handles and axe handles. That's a
1: perfect movie to see in 3D. It's gimmicky, oh, it's made for that. Yeah, totally.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Similar to Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> made for it (laughs) my
1: god james cameron every time many years yeah
0: every time that comes up you think about avatar you just you feel the sense of like waste and loss in (laughs) your guts (laughs) you're like whoa this but that poor guy
1: we got terminator we got the abyss we got yeah all these iconic it's, films. This is
0: like the moment in Iron Man 1 where he gets locked in a cage and has to make them a weapon, yeah. you know, that they that he doesn't want to do.
1: Are you saying we should lock James Cameron in a cave and force him to do something other than Avatar?
0: I think Avatar movies are going to keep coming out and then James Cameron is going to fly out of that studio in a suit that he made out of spare parts and he's going to be like, here is a brand new idea that I just came up with. Or Terminator 12, here it is.
1: That, the greatest thing that he could do would be like, all oh, those Avatar sequels, they're actually four original completely different non-related yeah. incredible sci-fi movies that i've made that here you go yep that's the best thing that we could have from it totally yeah uh, and I'll i think uh, <laughs> i think he knows that he's fucked up because like, I feel like in interviews, like he's been kind of throwing shade on other directors and projects, like throwing shade on the Marvel Universe for being too... Like, just bullshit yeah. that... Oh, you're talking about yourself. <laughs> yeah, like, dude. You don't hate that the Marvel Universe is so big. You hate that Avatar is so big. Yeah. Oh, t- I, I don't know how to feel
0: about that, other than just like frustrated in, for 10 different reasons. Oh, my God. Um, but uh, to go back to um, Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. another part of, component of this uh, segment is, would we go back and watch it right now? And I'm going to say yes. Yeah. I would watch the first Friday the thirteenth because um I've since like seen some like clips and stuff online, like as I'm researching slashers and stuff for or just past slasher September. Yeah. And um Rest in peace Slash the, September. <laughs> um
1: got slashed too young. <laughs> Rest in peace, that that sound clip that <laughs> you can't play again <laughs> until next September. Oh, so much fun.
0: Um the a lot of like the the shots that are used in, like, quick little promo, like, YouTube videos, like, slashers, blah, blah, blah do this. Uh, starting with Friday the 13th, and you get, like, little clips. I'm like, ooh, that's a well staged shot. I'm realizing as I get mm. the cherry-picked good scenes from it, right? I'm like, And how? now with all these slashers
1: in mind, revisiting it.
0: Yeah, I definitely was frustrated by that, but I also wasn't submerged in slashers at the time. And, in fact, for the podcast, it was somewhat early compared to all the slashers that we would eventually watch. I think I would like to go back and watch Friday the Thirteenth and look for what I like about it. Hmm. Now that I've got like lots of information
1: to like to put it against, and yeah, that's fair. We have we have very different eyes for slashes now than when we when we first watched that.
0: Yeah, and you wonder like it, it was is there a collective foolishness that's existing right now? Like it can't just be all the all the fanboys and fangirls of the original or or of this new Jason series that it's become there. Everyone refers to that and everyone tried to make their own Friday the 13th. Was it strictly for money or maybe did I not completely understand the nuance of what was good about some of that movie?
1: I think what was good about it and what's responsible for all the fan culture around it is what, what it, what it has become like the hockey mask, Jason and all those kills. In their particular way, I think that first one is just devoid of blood and gore, (laughs) devoid of actually showing any kills, um, extra horrible for not having any kind of substance to the plot. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. yeah, but we did get that fun, uh, curse you on beheaded. That's shaking like this
0: (laughs) really hilarious. (laughs) I just, yeah, I wonder, I'd like to see what it looks like again. And also like going to camp kind of full nighttime. This, uh, yeah, I think I wanna watch it again. That's my final answer on Friday the thirteenth. You heard it here,
1: folks. <laughs> well, speaking of Terminator 2, Scare two. Scare two. What you got for us this week, Chris? You know Edward Furlong from Terminator Two?
0: He's yeah. a kid, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: So he's he's in that movie, he's in Detroit Rock City, and both of those two movies I watched so much as a kid. And mm-hmm. I assumed Edward Furlong was just, you know, a huge actor because I saw him in movies more than or just as much as I saw other big actors in movies cuz I watched those two movies nonstop due to the frequency of watches. Exactly. <laughs> so he hasn't been in a lot of other movies at all. I've been to his IMDb page recently and he's just in kind of like a lot of crap. Apparently it's cuz he's a terrible actor to work with. Oh, that's this hilarious. Is what I've heard. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and specifically because I the director of the movie that I watched this week, Brain Scan, um said that he was particularly horrible to work with and he's just like this horrible annoying teenager that just like wouldn't show up to set and would barely put any effort into his scenes so i think like he has a natural charisma as like portraying a teenager yeah right because he's got like that i don't give a fuck he's a great teenager i guess if that actually occurs at the level of the actor and the human too it's less enjoyable to make a movie with
0: yeah I think I feel the same way, kind of about Toby, Magu- Toby Maguire. Mm, yeah, apparently he's a real asshole, huh? A real asshole, but I find him just like a charming little mouse of a man. Did you ever watch Molly's Game? Molly's Game. Oh no, no, no! That That's was a last
1: uh, one. That came out right at the same time as Gerald's Game too. And I oh my God, you're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, Molly's Game is about like a, a former Olympian who gets yep. injured and just runs yep. backdoor yep. poker games for celebrities. Mm-hmm. But one of the main Horrible celebrities is based on Toby Maguire. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> like she doesn't use his name because you know you don't want a lawsuit or whatever. She. But it's clearly like, oh, this is she's talking about Toby Maguire here, and that's who <laughs> this guy is. Who's like being a real asshole at these poker games and the way he's trying to undermine her? So watch that movie knowing that uh the character Michael Sarah plays is Toby Maguire. <laughs> that is so freaking funny. Yeah.
0: It's <laughs> Michael Sarah plays it too. Uh-huh. Perfect.
1: It's- he's great in it is great.
0: He is great. I watched the hot ones you were talking about. Fun, right? Yeah.
1: And, and that almost, of course, the next thing I wanted to watch after that was the Super Bad. Yeah. <laughs> did you find it? The him I'm dancing I, in I, the credits? I didn't look it up. Oh, uh, yeah. So, Brain Scan was another movie that Edward Ferrand did. Brain Scan. Came out in 1993, 1994. So, it's just before, really, we were conscious of any kind of big movies. Like, this one would have slipped under our radar just due to age. Okay, yeah. yeah. But it is amazing. It is such a like it's not a great movie I'd give it like three and a half stars but it's such a quintessential 90s movie. Hmm, like, he okay. is the kid who lives in, like, the white, the middle-class kid who lives in a giant mansion, whose dad is just away on business, so he's left alone at home. Hmm. His room is just decked out in technology. Like, he's got, like, computers that respond to him, but it's mid-90s, so it just it looks so dorky and Can ridiculous. I Those rooms are the most That's satisfying
0: it. thing on Earth to see. In film, like, Richie I,
1: Rich, blank check. This is right in, in the middle of that uh, the, um The faculty he, uh exactly it has a elijah, elijah wood has all an all amazing ins- room dude so this is he's it's, it's exactly that he's got like all this insane technology that is acting in ways that technology has never acted and shouldn't act like he's sure. got his phone hooked up to his computer monitor that has legs so, so <laughs> <laughs> he can walk so when someone's calling him hmm. a giant pixelated image of a phone is like ringing on his computer screen <laughs> and it goes computer answer and then like he has a pixelated Picture of Igor that's like, Yes, master, it's so and so calling. And then his friend gets patched in and he's talking on speakerphone. This uh, kid's like man, obsessed with video games and horror and fangoria. He loves all this stuff. He's got Dude. like a, a neighbor girl that he's kind of into and is being super creepy towards in terms of just like watching her through his window, but it's elevated and romanticized because it's the 90s. Back in the 90s, that wasn't
0: creepy or illegal. It was oh, fine.
1: It's just, but the way it's so disturbing the way that it's portrayed as normal behavior. I know that like him just watching and her being into it her being into just being like voyeured by this neighbor boy and her just being in love with him regard like it's yeah it's real male gazy real creepy sure um anyways he's super into video games and Mm -hmm. then like his friend tells him about this new video game that's coming up it's supposed to be next level and terror and all the shit a horror video game and he's like yeah yeah sure whatever whatever and he kind of like signs up for a thing that'll give him a copy it arrives in the mail and he plays it and it just kind of like brings him into this world where it's essentially virtual reality, but he's just sitting on his couch watching the TV and Mm -hmm. somehow he snaps into it. And it's like a video game where he has to go wander around and kill someone. Like the video game tells him to kill someone. And Uh, then he kind of snaps out of the game and he's like, Oh shit, that's weird. Cause it was like, it was as if he had a better quality VR helmet than doesn't currently exist because he's in the world. And that's what we see. We see the POV of him just in a world. And then all of a sudden he's just back in his chair and he's like, Oh, that's weird. But the murder happened. Someone was killed. And he's like, oh shit, what the fuck? Huh. And then the game kind of keeps pulling him back in to keep playing it. There's like, oh, it's the narrator of the game is like based on Alice Cooper. It's like this really weird looking kind of motherfucker weird. dude called the trickster who is like <laughs> fucking with him the whole movie. So it's just between the, the 90s nostalgia for something that you haven't even seen like it's all new but so familiar at the same time and the bonkers ridiculous cgi that is so enjoyable to watch because It feels like they really worked hard <laughs> to make the CGI look the way it does. Is this what I was talking about? About where finally,
0: like, there's a good level of bad CGI that, like, 90s heads could,
1: like, go, look back on and, like, that was the
0: best age of CGI. It was so fucking great.
1: Yeah, this is as good as 1994 CGI can get you, I think. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So, I mean, I watched it kind of with upgrade in mind, too, to try to get, like, a sci fi horror mm. technology based okay. thing. And it did not disappoint. It was so much fun. Dude. It, I think it would be a great double feature actually with, um, Last month for slash in September, I watched a woman in a lizard skin, which, if you recall, Mm -hmm. had a very similar idea where the woman is dreaming of killing people, wakes up and they're actually dead. Right. Right. So these two together would just be such an awesome. That is really cool. Yeah, Yeah.
0: that's awesome. From like the
1: seventies to through the nineties. Totally cool. So this thing just recently came out on Blu-ray, and that's why it's kind of being talked about again. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's it's newly restored. It looks incredible, and highly recommend. It's a lot of fun.
0: That sounds great. I was riveted through the whole the whole time you were talking. It, It sort of reminded me of like sort of a 90s existence like yeah but not, this is maybe like not ex, 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 it's amphibian. like
1: amphibian yeah it's like existence for teens but at the same time like while the protagonists are teenagers and everything this has to be an r-rated movie like the, there's a lot of gore there is yeah i can't uh, imagine there being like them wanting um anyone under the age of 18 to see this but who knows i could be wrong it could have got a pg-13 rating uh, that's awesome to it add awesome. that onto it <laughs> that yeah. it's like gory too yeah people were upset at this one at by calling it like they labeled it um a nightmare on elm street ripoff which is like oh this guy's just like freddy he's like going into their dreams or whatever. but it's that's just like that's a easy dismissal it's it's very different okay worth checking out it sounds awesome dude yeah how about you dave what'd you watch this week for scare and tell all
0: right so you know how i just like to hop on netflix and just watch those shitty netflix movies right i know all too well well, it's finally bit me in the ass, man. I gotta stop doing it. I just I watched one that just bothered it just wasn't good. Oh shoot. It's um it's called Don't Hang Up.
1: Hmm. Uh. Is this like the red wash cover and the girl just kind of like
0: Yeah. It, it's a picture cuddled of, up. Yeah, yeah, Mascara running. On the phone. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. That's it, exactly it. And that's like it's oh man <laughs> is, that just, it? is that
1: as deep as the premise goes no
0: it's okay like the premise is fine it is all an execution that they fail like oh all in over explaining it is Watchable. It's like Cloverfield paradox in that like it's watchable what they're trying to do as far as like kills are concerned, as far as reveals in the house are concerned, as far mm-hmm. as using little bits of technology and whatever are concerned. It's uh, good. It looks good enough, but everything anyone says, like the story that they're telling, is just asinine and the dialogue is terrible. They overexplain explain every component of the story. Mm-hmm. It's about these boys who are like pranksters and they're trying to get like make phone call pranks that they put on YouTube and get a viral video. That's their most motivation okay um but like and listeners this isn't worth uh watching in my opinions so i'm not gonna try hard to not spoil anything so if you want to watch don't <laughs> hang up skip ahead two minutes three minutes just leave just don't listen to this podcast <laughs> anymore <laughs> um
1: david right sorry sorry no stay stay uh <laughs> <laughs> there are horror movies out there for everyone someone someone will appreciate don't hate. yeah it's not but that. we're still
0: gonna shit all over it i'm gonna shit all over it because it is it, incredibly cliche and i don't think it introduces anything new and mm. you you can predict most things that happen but anyway um there there's kind of one good kind of twisty thing i think but for the most part the killer is um someone who's calling these kids who are basically prank calling people and suggesting that what they're doing is, is, you know, ruining people's lives. So The pranksters are
1: getting pranked.
0: Yeah. So this guy keeps calling, he calls himself Mr. Lee. Um, any, but he's like, they don't give him an incredibly creepy voice. Like they don't Mm -hmm. do quite good enough. And he talks too much. So like, you're just not scared of him. He's like, you boys think that it's fun to make, do pranks and ruin people's lives. But how fun will it be when it's your life? That's ruined.
1: And your life will be ruined in meticulous ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, come on, yeah. get on with it. It's like, Keep going.
0: And then they're like, Oh okay, thank you. Get, you said hang- all this. They hang up on him. And then like later, he calls back like six times. And they're watching a movie. And then so they turn on their own cameras. And they're like, all right, so this asshole is called six times. We're just trying to watch a movie. What is it, dickhead? He's like, don't hang up on me. It's like, wait, but you've been calling over the past hour. That is not very threatening. Like (laughs) that you've been like calling and it's like, we won't pick up. I'm trying to mess with them. (laughs) So it's like, it does. There's not a lot of urgency and you know, he's going to do something like twisted, right? What it turns into is you find out that he's gone and kidnapped one of the kid's parents. And in order to have them, he takes over their house. Like this is where it becomes a little like technology based Mm -hmm. is he's able to take over their house as if they've got like a full smart house or whatever, but he takes over their phone. So they can't make calls to anyone that he doesn't decide. Like he makes all the choices that way. He takes over their TV. That's got a camera on it and he's able to like show them images of whatever he's doing and like, you know, just watch them at all times Uh through cameras and stuff. Yeah. And it doesn't, totally say how that's possible or you know, it doesn't show that the house is some big home, like Google home or whatever. Yeah. It, it doesn't make total sense in that way, but he's able to completely take over all technology and say, if you leave the house, I'm going to kill this kid's parents. So they're stuck there and they have to do what he says. Um, all that he, uh, he does is he pits the two of them against each other to try ah, to okay yeah he when they split up for a second because there's also this stupid side plot about every other character in the movie works at the same pizza place <laughs> and they all just keep showing up for stupid various reasons at their house at their house or the neighbor's house across the street or the house where the kids parents are just they come into play and the killers know these pizza people one's the girlfriend of one of them one's a the co-pranker Is the killer and- the boss of the pizza place I don't know. I don't know who the killer is. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) Uh, so, um, yeah, so he pits the two of them against each other when they're separated by giving them both the same offer. I'll let you go and I'll let the parents go for the one kid and I'll let you go and I'll let your girlfriend go for the other. If you kill. If you kill the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then through various stupid split up means and like ripping off like movies like Saw, the first one, he, he replaces a body with himself at one point. Oh, really? A body that's been covered. He replaces it. He climbs under it. So the kid walks past, walks right over the killer's body, and goes out and sees the body that should have been under that sheet, sitting on the swing, dead. Gotcha. He's like, "Wait!" And then the corpse is gone from it, right? And he appears in the background in a couple good, kind of creepy shots. Sure, it's fine. Mm-hmm. What you find out is, um, and, and it's all just exactly what you'd expect. The killer ends up killing people. It, at one point, he puts the mask, the weird face that he's got on one of the two boys and duct tapes his mouth and tapes a knife in his hand uh, so the yeah, kid yeah. runs out, like, with the knife and then the other the main protagonist kid kills him of course and, yeah it turns out it's him whatever and that he did it mm-hmm. um and then the killer comes in with a gun knocks the kid unconscious and shoots his girlfriend he wakes up he's holding the knife and the gun his best friend is stabbed his girlfriend's shot in the head so it seems like but a that,
1: montage of cliches from other <clears throat> horror movies things it, we've seen before totally it, it
0: exactly is and they've they got a little bit of budget for it i looked up i couldn't find it but like they had some money it looked good mm-hmm. admittedly the Performances were off and on. I think it's um I think it's a British production. Okay. Um. Although there's not a lot of accents and it it's, it feels very American. Um. And the the big selling feature, clearly the jumping off point for the idea for this movie, is it starts with this woman answering the phone. It's like hello. It's like ma'am, you, uh, where are you? Where's your daughter? You can't move. There's someone in the house. Um, and she get, she gets up. She's like, "No, no, no! Don't go out there! Do not go out there!" The police are helping. There's someone in the house, and we just need you to barricade the door. And then she's like freaking out. And then they it turns out they're pranking this woman. Mm. Um, by the, right near the end of the movie, this killer's talking about the consequences that you can have with uh, you know these pranking pranks. People, yeah. And then so it goes back, and he's basically telling the story of his own family. And then it goes back to the scene of the woman who was on the phone with these kids when they did their prank. I don't know, a few months ago or whatever that got close to viral. And you see the mother after they hang up the phone and they're just laughing. Um, She takes a gun out of like the dresser and runs out into the hallway. And then the little girl in the house opens the door because she hears something and the mother shoots the daughter and then in guilt shoots herself. And this is the reasoning behind the killers coming after them.
1: But is the killer connected to this mom and daughter? Yeah, anyway? that's his wife and child. Oh, I see. I see gotcha, gotcha. So he gotcha.
0: comes home and the wife has killed the daughter and herself.
1: Yeah, it just seems like a, a teenager popcorn studio horror movie.
0: Yeah. And I mean, admittedly, the difference between what I saw as a teenager with this exact movie, I, from all the different places that I saw it, right? Because mm-hmm. it's just pulled cherry pick cliches from other movies. Um, I don't remember it looking quite this good. Mm. you know so that's that's a benefit that we get have i think in the year of our Lord two thousand eighteen is that you know the the shitty movies that you just got to kind of grin and bear it like the cloverfield paradoxes of the world this movie they look good at the very least yeah there's a little bit of eye candy to get yeah. you through the hour and exactly. a half exactly and so that's all it was i would not recommend watching it it's exactly what you'd expect uh, He like at the end the cops come in like freeze put down your weapon and he's just crying holding the gun and the knife in the air while rain falls on him like it's <laughs> so silly i just like i'm just waiting for the credit stroll so i can just end it i got my finger up ready to hit like escape come on get me out of here like it's over it's over great it, well sorry to hear
1: that but i'm glad now i know what that movie is because yeah. I've, I've seen that that uh, poster on netflix a bunch yeah.
0: yeah i think the biggest takeaway is that i've had my fill <laughs> i yeah. i've gambled a little too much i've gotten a few too many sour grapes and i think i'm you know be a little more judicious when picking.
1: <laughs> yeah, I wish there was some way that you could differentiate on Netflix which horror movies they are acquiring and releasing mm-hmm. just simply because studios have nothing else to do with them and they were like, release, limited release. Yeah. It was on VOD and whatever. We'll sell it to Netflix for cheap. Bargain and bin, the wh- yeah. movies. The bargain bin ones that they're just paying nothing for yeah and then versus the ones like the ritual they're paying five million dollars for because they know it's good quality horror premium price yeah yeah, or something like cargo like ones that they're actually investing in that you mm-hmm. know are quality horror versus the bullshit studio toss out the window horror ones that they're acquiring yeah there's no way to differentiate that when you're scrolling exactly and it's it's so infuriating that the way the
0: ranking system is first of all which wasn't fair it was um the stars that you got on Netflix movies were star, a star ratings of people who had similar tastes or ratings to you mm-hmm. so they're using that to both separate movies like people who like the movies or five-star the movies you five-starred said this one was kind of good so that it, mm-hmm. uh, but that's not true right you're not getting an objective star rating no, you're, you're just get-
1: getting the opinion of people who already
0: are yeah. partial to the genre or something exactly a little bit of an echo chamber of opinions yeah and then now it's all in match percentage so based on how much this fits with your you know what you choose to watch typically yeah which is also a problem because i'm watching lots of bad movies <laughs> sorting them out it's like well yeah watch this one so that's a match for you it's like no yeah i didn't like it and i also didn't rate it because it wasn't worth my time oh man <laughs> and you can only go up or down now so it's like the netflix rating match system is completely broken and they need some sort of objective rating system because they're trying to spread the wealth on all of their movies so that anything is potential watch
1: absolutely and even if like you just had the IMDb scores nearby yeah. or something like that to yeah your connect your service
0: to some website yeah. so that we can get rotten tomatoes like I'm sure that's like a widget or an add-on some
1: I'm devices sure. can get or you could just open your phone and figure it out that way Great. That but the defeats reason defeats the yeah, point <laughs> I know. your point is it's easy to access yeah and you'll just click on whatever um, yeah but hopefully hopefully the next Netflix one's a little better for you uh, well i
0: like i you said you're done i think i'm gonna let's switch places i bet it'll happen you know no because I, I'm no, I know <laughs> see you get-go. know you know <laughs> not to do it
1: yeah that's why i've been relying on you <laughs> to at least point out ones like cargo that have some value but mm-hmm. you get one cargo for every 10 uh don't hang up it seems yeah don't hang up so you get the would you rather's. you get all yeah. these fucking movies but then even for ones like uh extinction like i'm excited mm-hmm. to hear like the good little bits about them from yeah. you
0: yeah yeah. And this movie is definitely like I took the cloth that is this movie and I wrung it out as much as I could. I barely yeah. could get anything to drip out of that motherfucker. It was a waste
1: of my time. But worth it for that metaphor. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we got to bring some third person on now to watch Netflix horror movies and report back. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, we got to sc- hire an intern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any scared cat intern want to just watch the worst Netflix horror movies for us and send in audio clips about it? We're sure. open to it. Please, we'll just mess you into the conversation. Yeah. But at least one common theme is technology between both the scarantels and upgrade it did seem to work out in that way yeah
0: I guess there's uh, nothing else we need to talk about so it's time we can uh, upgrade this conversation
1: yep let's upgrade to upgrade <laughs> time to upgrade bye. bye 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 I would just use stem like iTunes. Stem would work against you for that. Uh, They're <laughs> like, please, Stem, no more ABBA. Playing ABBA's greatest hits. <laughs> Playing more ABBA. <laughs> Playing ABBA on half speed. <laughs> no! I'm like, oh, this is weirdly good. Even if Stem wasn't in control of your motor functions, it could do something like that mm. until you just went around doing what it wanted you to do. Well, yeah, or until you receded into your subconscious as so to never leave your brain and... Yeah. Let STEM have your body. I can't listen to Rebecca Black's Friday anymore. <laughs> I'm going back to my happy place my <laughs> wife was alive and we were just listening to the Ramones. <laughs> Thank God it wasn't it wasn't what we were all, for a split for a quick second yeah. worried that they were gonna try to do. We
0: we started shuffling our seats and squirming, like, no, no. Don't you dare. Because his wife's suddenly alive. Don't you fucking dare. There's no stem, it's all a white hospital room. You're like, no. This, you,
1: are you dreaming me right now? No. What did we just watch that was that? Ghost stories. Yes. Fucking yeah. ghost stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just getting myself all angry. You? No, we did not. We did not get that. <sighs> we, just, we were
0: close to it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is the perfect like example of like what we complain so much about in ghost stories. There's mm-hmm. no more of these. They did a good job.
1: We got a great ending. That's exactly what I want. Awesome ending. Awesome ending. And we were saying like we we did a quick pause break right before the end, but I thought we were only like halfway into the movie Mm -hmm. and an hour and a half had gone by. It was insane. That movie was so smooth. It went by so fast. Oh, the pacing is unbelievably good. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, and
0: just uh, amazing like what colors we, and crazy action sequences. How can we even start praising a movie where like every aspect of it is just so so good? It's very uh, with the uh, criticisms. <laughs> that's a good place to start. Yeah, no, it was. Um, I want I want to look up the cinematographer of this movie. Sure. Yeah, that's a name that deserves to be praised. Holy shit! Right
1: now, because especially that camera work during the action sequences. Yeah, was I was, I was especially just especially th- enjoyable. Just
0: thinking about that, like trying to like put in perspective in my brain what was happening. And it it conjures images of, like, when you see shaky cam footage that's been stabilized. Yeah. You know how, like, the the frame itself is bouncing around crazily on your screen, Mm -hmm. but uh, it's focused on the moving image, which stays steady. Yeah. You know, and that's basically how those action sequences went down with jarring like turns and rolls of the camera. Yeah. Like where he was doing his robotic movements. But when he was like walking through a, a scene and I don't know, it had that weird perspective, like distancing in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was
1: giving me like stabilized footage. Look. Well, it's, it's like we were stabilized to his torso. Well, yeah, yeah. So, specifically so to him. You, you'd get that subtly, like at the near the very beginning of the movie, where he would just be, uh, walking up a few steps. Yeah. yeah. And the camera would kind of go with his steps yeah. in just the the lightest way. That was just such a whoa, what are we in for? Yeah. Before any fight scene, we both went like whoa. Yeah. What? yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then the second the fighting started, just because yeah. it's like him going up on his feet without having to jump up, just yeah. like going to standing position and the camera just being locked with him during all that.
0: Yeah, it's just fully following him as the the stable subject. And then the whole world around him is jerking to the side and bending forward and then backward really quickly in these robotic movements.
1: It's that Requiem for a Dream cam that's mounted to the head, so then it moves with her head, but there's no head cam. I don't know how they're doing that i don't know man but oh my god i've never seen anything like it and it's agreed wonderful
0: that just cinematography alone those action sequences were incredible and then then you have to get into the choreography of it how would that yeah. have looked when they were actually just shooting it
1: i feel like what half speed you'd have to go like half speed and then speed it up to normal or something
0: but I don't know. They have to get robot speed somehow. So, Jeez, I guess so. I,
1: we need to see like behind the scenes on this shit. That's I a definite. Want, <laughs> I want like a three hour documentary on how all these scenes were done behind the scenes. <laughs> Unless it's like a little trick they can explain in five minutes. <laughs> You're like, oh no, you just hit the, the, this weird body setting yeah. on the side of your camera. Like, oh my yeah. God, anyone could have done this just as yeah, manual focus. And then you just keep touching the guy on the <laughs> touch screen. It's easy. <laughs> <laughs> and then there were other times during the fight scene where the camera would just like whip around everyone like three times. Yeah, which leads me to think they have to they have to be filming at half speed because the camera's just moving so quickly around them as they're fighting. That's probably how they get those moments. Yeah, for sure, mm-hmm. slow mo and then speed up.
0: Yeah, I <clears throat> I don't know. That's this is well beyond my ability to understand how they made the action sequences look the way they do.
1: Oh my god! And there's one time where they're spinning around when he's fighting a Fisk at the end, uh-huh. and the camera's just moving really fast, and the camera's going and Fisk tries shooting him once, and it's to the right of the camera, then the camera moves past and it, like he like reaches over the camera as it's going uh, by and shoots the other yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, Ugh, Which is, yeah. yeah. The choreography, like the camera being in the room almost feels
0: like it, it's there and they're dodging, around, like the referee in a hockey game. Like, yeah. they're dodging around it, but it's not influencing like what's happening. Really cool. And I mean, there's so many moments where it, it's like a similar thing, like the fight that they have in the first, like the house with the guy who gets his face cut with the knife mm-hmm. and then eventually the bathroom fight and like, the final fight with Fisk, even like they're all so so like the settings are so different so the way that they're fighting is so different but it's all of this like crazy matrix style lightning fast movements and blocking and uh,
1: but it's perfectly scaling up too yeah like it's not taking leaps ahead it's giving you small tastes of all of it
0: yeah and he's getting more and more comfortable with it so it's like you're getting it's getting a little bit funnier like there's a part in the bathroom sequence where he like elbows some guy and then just like and hits some other guys like think I forgot about you and hits the the first guy again (laughs) yeah Yeah, yeah. like this basically the main character is a for the ride in these fight sequences so he can kind of drop the funniest like one-liners like yeah he's comfortable at that point yeah yeah so like our first fight he is so uncomfortable with what's happening yeah you know the second fight he's doing it he knows what stem can do so and he's doing it intentionally. even the whole
1: little moment of him not being able to watch when stem is cutting up the guy's oh, face oh god yeah <laughs> i can do it for you if you want yeah it's like you Do don't it. even have to, to look. Like, and then when you see his face, it's hard to even tell where he's cut. You just kind of see think, blood yeah. over everything and the I, little puddle behind him. I think it's all over, just little gashes little all gashes. over his whole face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ugh. And Whew. that was good. Yeah. <clears throat> and then like, yeah, the the lighting too is amazing yeah. in so many of those set pieces. Like it's the kind of classy uh, or the kind of classic verging on cliche now of just the neon mm. washes of yeah from like drive neon demon like just sure but like but they went to like green in some scenes here that was a nice little change
0: it's something like every scene that they're in has the feeling of being like right next to a stained glass window you know there's mm. always some weird light creeping in like in the bathroom sequence it was like red and blue and you got that purple sort of look on his face yeah and then in fisk's apartment it was green for some reason there was just green light coming in purple yeah. light coming in and it yeah just like like you said like we're sort of in this heightened reality um fantasy technology world where <clears throat> it's not perfectly blended like it's not perfectly 50 years in the future or whatever where technology has all advanced in uniform it's certain elements of of technology have advanced in certain tiers of society and
1: i love that like there's very clearly a class divide in how technology is distributed which is the truth like this is very convincingly what it's going to look like in like 15 20 years where rich people do have these beautiful looking self-driving cars but they're on the highway with all the rest of us who just are still driving normal cars yeah and so they're the ones not paying attention there yeah
0: it almost like I don't know. It it kind of almost got to me at the beginning, but I feel like it's a very nitpicky thing is that right at the top we're seeing basically cars like normal cars that we have today with like an extra couple inches of like shell put around them so yeah. that they can put like hexagons to weird make it look futuristic, weird screens or like the cop cars is like the lights will just be bigger and they'll cover the whole roof and the bottom of the car. Yeah. And I was like, that is such a minor change to the vehicle itself that it doesn't give my brain the correct, um, like year for how mm. far advanced the technology is. Meanwhile, we've, there's a chip that theoretically represents the best technology that exists in this whole society that can make you into a super ninja or whatever, and just can do anything. Dave, he's not a ninja. <laughs> he wants to make that very clear. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> Their little back and forth was so like, good. I some, know so it almost
1: like offended by the notion that he's a ninja. Technically, like, I'm not a ninja. I'm way above a ninja, <laughs> motherfucker. Don't call me that. <laughs> um, I'll make you slap yourself. <laughs>
0: and uh, yeah, like the <clears> some of the way that the technology was rolled out, like didn't totally win for me that he went into this slummy house that's covered in like garbage and old like prescription pill bottles. But then they have like a Microsoft surface table at the same time. Like that technology is ubiquitous, but they don't have like, he doesn't have cool cups. You know, he doesn't, it just doesn't quite make sense to me how the, the distribution of the technology. And then he goes to this old bar of a bunch of people who are, I guess like him want to not be on the grid, not to be technologically augmented, Yeah, whatever. Um, <clears throat> it just didn't quite make sense. Like,
1: see, I really, I really liked that. The dis- I like the phrase he used distribution. Like I really, I thought it was very uh, convincing because if you think now about just even lots of people, yeah. all right, friends that we have or whatever, who live in, you know, shitty apartments that are kind of really, really gross looking sure, but have like a $3,000 TV. Cause that's what we want to spend all our cash on. And that's what, like, I, I buy that, you know, the gangsters of the future or whatever are still going yeah. to live in slummy houses, but have like the top technology, in order to like engage yeah. in their lives and be a part of society. Yeah. And the one thing that I didn't find convincing, which you also pointed out when we were watching is the particular hospital that he gets sent to. Right. Cause yeah. I buy that there are still shitty hospitals in this, you know, 20 years in the future, but I think he's well off. His wife works for a high tech company. Yeah. It has one of those self-driving cars. I feel like yeah. their health insurance and the possible that he would end up at would be a way better one.
0: Yeah. Does he not know this guy from the technology thing with the STEM because he's selling him, Classic cars. Like, is that not their relationship?
1: Yeah, that is exactly their relationship. So
0: he's, and then the cop makes a similar point about how, like, you sell to the high rollers or whatever. Would you ever consider selling to a little guy? Mm-hmm. Like, so theoretically, he's making money too doing what he does, being this old curmudgeon, you know, totally. mechanic.
1: Totally, but i I get the sense that he, he doesn't make a ton of money off of this. Like it's a it's a kind of a niche thing that he probably makes a living. But is I feel like his wife is the breadwinner. Oh, sure,
0: I'm sure she's bringing in the the reason the house is so futuristic. Yeah, weirdly
1: so. They even they make a comment when she comes home and he says like something like I like being the stay at home or yeah. something. I like you being the bread. They do something to establish that she is the moneymaker they in this do. relationship. Okay,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, and despite that, yes, they as a group as a couple seem to have some money. Yeah. Right. The hospital just didn't seem to line up. And that, that was maybe my problem is the distribution just wasn't correct for my brain because if something like the, the tables that have your messages and everything in it exist and the run of the mill home or the the impoverished home in the same way
1: that like a $3000 TV does. Or we have we have iPhones, like these insane yeah, things yeah. and none of us have any like we have more value in our iPhones yeah. than we have in savings accounts, retirements, like yeah.
0: So uh, like for me as well, if I if I make that comparison and I'm really going to focus on this cuz to me that's a a big component of the world outside of the cool action sequences mm-hmm. is yes, we have cell phones now when I was a kid maybe living in, you know, not a high tier of society. Um, my uh, we had old um, round light bulb looking light bulbs and we had a landline phone yeah now I have a cell phone and we use those coil energy-saving bulbs and so like the the fringe technology or the not fringe technology but the slightly lesser the, the day-to-day lesser technology improves in uniform yeah. with those sorts of things so it, w- it would be a mix of things like that like all of the cars would have a slightly different thing uh, you know like where the lights are shaped differently or something like that it, that that's sort of
1: making oh, it you're, somewhat saying, uniform? you're the other cars the non-self-driving one would be slightly altered slightly evolved, different whereas yeah. they look like 2018 cars yes, that are so on I, the highway.
0: and i think that's because you can't you can't really change every component of your movie on three to five million dollars like i don't think they did a great job showing how cool the technology can look and how the rich houses look and that sort of stuff but i don't for me the fact that they decided to show the other you know component of society yeah that's that's where it's a little weak at, if anything not that it's straight up bad but my brain caught it and couldn't let it. it go yeah the new technology doesn't just pop into existence and then take over like 10% of the market like yeah. it, it's a sort of gradual upshift and it seemed like it was a You know, ten percent movie props; the rest of the world normal.
1: Yeah, it didn't bother me too much. I did. I did really like it. I did thought that the gradation of it was was a pretty like that. They at least made some effort. And yeah, maybe if they had five million dollars more, they could create like a way more coherent world. But
0: yeah, and maybe a good way to look at that is for how much money they had. They did a fucking excellent job showing how much money do they have? Do you know the budget of this one? Between three and five million is what it says. That's what it says. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, looking at it like your typical run of the mill, $5 million Blumhouse movie, like even compared to something like get out, like the, the effects and the technology shown and used money in movie, well spent. Yeah. They did dad. an excellent, excellent job. So, I mean, it's a, it's sort of the only criticism, which is why I really wanted to like pull it open because I can't really think of any other things that caught my brain at all uh, yeah. about the movie.
1: Yeah. And it, it definitely did not distract me from how great it was definitely all the way not. through. No. I mean, this is kind of, the movie that I've been waiting for in this subgenre. We've got a lot of bad ones that mm-hmm. have happened of yeah. like AI taking over, right? We have right, yeah. um what was that Johnny Depp one? With AI taking over? Yeah, where it like it takes over and then takes over biology it was horrible. Transcendence, I think it's called Oh gross. Do you know what I, I'm I, talking about? I have no idea. It was like twenty thirteen. And then there's another one right around that time too. And they're mm. all they're all this same idea. This idea that like, oh AI is through a single individual going to eventually infest humans themselves and right. then just run the show and yeah. kill everyone and take over, but this is by far the best one out of all those examples mm-hmm. that have come out. Hundred um, percent. And yeah, there are like we did call like a little bit of the twist that came along, but not the whole scope of the thing that is yes. stem orchestrating every it, single element along the way. We
0: yeah, we caught the the twist before the final real reveal
1: yeah right away i just said like oh it's obviously he was paralyzed by this guy but i didn't call that this guy wasn't the final yeah it was like obviously the evil looking business owner motherfucker
0: started this whole thing he's a ringleader here and i mean you're half right structure wise
1: structure wise the last uh 15 minutes of the movie are so saw it's painful like just the (laughs) way that it's like Like the beat, like luckily the score isn't, you may as well inserted the score from Saw that you hear in every, in everyone, but just the way the like, no, it was stem all along and then cut to just a montage of clips of everything happening and, and just showing behind the scenes, like what we didn't see for all the pieces to fall into place. That is just such a saw move that comes in like the first saw, the third saw, and then everyone passed it. So that's just, that's the kind of story Lee Whannell likes to tell yeah totally <laughs> yeah, just we got our last like five to ten
0: minutes of exposition over top of that exposition music yeah showing all the
1: evidence for yeah. yeah
0: it it was yeah it's fine
1: it, it's fine it was so like it was more like a, aha I see you Lee Winnell yeah. more than it was like oh fuck they're doing this like I, I thought it was totally appropriate and fine yeah. it's just it's uh, nice to see that kind of signature move or identify it
0: yeah that's great uh, another fun little um thing that Chris caught this is great is uh, as uh, he goes he's losing control of stem he goes into that um, old terrible apartment building Mm -hmm. and uh, he's looking for the apartment that he needs. And as he's looking at all the buzzer, Apartment buttons.
1: Uh, Chris Only noticed, one
0: Yeah, Chris knows one of them. The name on it was J One. J
1: One. Yeah, <laughs> a nice little wave to his friend who's Great. not involved in this project. he's like, look, look, James, I'm off making my own movie. <laughs> Jimmy, look. <laughs> and that's not the first time that I've caught a nod to a horror director written mm-hmm. in text on screen. Yeah, and maybe you can help us remember scaredy Cats. But there was one movie we watched an episode for this podcast Uh where Sam Raimi was written. The name Sam Raimi was written on like a prescription bottle or a vial or something like that. Was it Phantasm two? Was it like in that lab? Mm, I don't think
0: so. No, that's too, that's too recent. An episode
1: too recent of an episode
0: i think yeah. it, was it was a, a while, while bit ago far back yeah yeah i don't know why my eye mm-hmm. can
1: like just latches on to random things like that but yeah
0: i i was not at all perceptive to that that was great that was a good little catch
1: it was fun and and it makes me think
0: that there's like you know this is a great movie to look in the nooks and crannies as you watch mm-hmm. through it
1: you know to look for little at a little nods or, or like wait who's that actor like stuff like that so many of the actors just look so familiar yeah, yeah. We're convinced that they're i mean we identified um the grandma from get out. Yeah. Right. (laughs) The grandma housekeeper. Yeah. Yeah, Quote unquote grandma. Yeah. (laughs) That was, that was good, we couldn't figure out who she, who she was at first. Yeah. 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 And the rest of the actors just all look familiar from like from other genre movies. Mm, I swear. Totally. Yeah. Oh, I swear you're in something that's like like space related. For sure. Yeah. Yeah yeah that creepy
0: that creepy face he's in a lot of things that i've seen mm-hmm. but not to the point where he's been like the main of anything that i needed to remember it you know Yeah. <laughs> i feel like there was a conversation about the mustache
1: i feel they were like let's see with the mustache okay Now without the mustache fine mustache i guess let's just <laughs> <laughs> he just grows facial hair so fast I also i really want to compliment um logan marshall green's physical acting in this movie yeah like to to show that like i am being embodied and controlled by something else the way yeah. that he would do like not just cliche you know robotic like if we, any of us were to do the robot dance move like sure. just the way that he would just subtly show that his muscles were kind of locked and being it, puppeteered it was, was almost
0: like he, in moments when stem took over he was plugging in like his body jolted in this little It was like a wake-up moment yeah. yeah when he walked forward but it wasn't intending to when stem mm-hmm. just moved forward it was as if there was like an invisible line on his chest pull, that pulled him forward yeah, yeah yeah. he started walking by jerking out his chest first like he was getting tugged which it it was so consistent and yeah. so good that like you could see by watching the physical actions of the actor in what like state he was in like full except, stem or himself
1: except that final scene when Sam right. really fully takes over and then he's soft he's and human back. again yeah. and well no before, after the fighting back. Oh oh. And it's just like he he seems relaxed and comfortable in his body and like you tastes the blood on his finger. Oh right. When STEM is like fully merged with the biology right, of I see what you're saying. the character, I guess. Yeah. When he's so basically accomplished his exactly. goal. There's, he like, broke him. there's stages and it clearly was so kind of well planned and executed. I'm sure he had like a physical instructor that he was working with, but mm-hmm. it is So entertaining and so great to watch just that trajectory throughout the film of how he, how he moves.
0: And, uh, I like thinking about it now that it's over, like what the, what the little conspiracy that happened was. And it was that this guy invented a chip that was so smart. It immediately like seduced him. Yeah. And he followed its orders to stage this thing that, killed this guy's wife and paralyzed him so that stem could get a body so that stem could via this huge manipulation break his mind and take over his body yeah while eliminating all of the witnesses and people who would lead back to stem
1: and that that is that crucial moment that needs to happen in any kind of story where ai takes over at some point a human has to make the fatal mistake of giving too mm. much power yeah. over to the ai and yeah. he was like he he was yeah. a broken human who shouldn't have done that like yeah. who knows yeah. that like oh no i shouldn't put stem and give that control that's not like then stem will have that power it was yeah. i was kind of shocked actually at how Strong and well composed, that character was the first half of the movie, and then to just be shown near the end that oh, he was like broken and emotionally weak and just bended yeah. to the will of Sim. Like it was, it was a he, little weird to not see any hints of that at the top. Well, you, I don't know. I feel like he was
0: this sort of weak like character who I thought was like a little bit like antisocial to the point of like not knowing how to communicate with other people. He makes a comment about that, like I don't work with people enough to. No, mm-hmm. if that was inappropriate or whatever. So like you can if you know the whole time now that I'm thinking about it, by you- the
1: nature of his antisocial yeah behavior
0: yeah like he knows the gravity of this whole situation like he was being told by stem he's like you know what would your wife have wanted yeah but you can kind of see it on his face a little bit he's always so upset like he just saw a ghost or something
1: i guess i feel like he was he presented himself so confidently at the top like in those i want i I can't wait to rewatch this by the way oh totally yeah but uh, at the top i recall him just being so confident and comfortable whereas at the end i mean he's the mask has been lifted so of course he's more vulnerable naturally but he just seems just so so weak in that moment.
0: I think, like, he's... a Part of it is also, like, I think he's got some measure of control over the situation, or feels like, I'm doing what Stem wants, so I'm not in danger at this moment. Right. And then he he's trying to shut Stem down in that one moment. So that feels like it's probably a breaking point for his confidence because he does in a remote way, try to stop STEM.
1: It is that moment where so he's
0: not fully subservient
1: and it's, it makes for such good drama because it's like, Oh, too little, too late, buddy. Yeah. Like you fucked up and now it's too late,
0: but we don't know that at the time you think like, he's just trying to take Logan Marshall greens, like, mobility away from him
1: it's great it's very well written like the the layers of conspiracy in this are so great they're
0: they're simple enough to to follow though once they're they're put out there it's not like some sort of like
1: the fuck happened it's not a reach it's just enough that when you're watching it you have too much that you're concerned with going through the plot of like okay yeah well this guy's in control and is he there and how much can he hear to -hmm. even be thinking one level beyond so it's, yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. well written in that it's a step ahead of you the whole way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of like can like zoom out for every individual engagement where STEM takes over and does cool karate or whatever. Yeah. Like it kind of doesn't, <laughs> ma- it kind of <laughs> doesn't matter what the, the overarching like conspiracy is because STEM is trying to just get them through this encounter to get to the next one, Yeah, you know, to find out the next piece of information or whatever will pacify this concept of a phony investigation where he's actually just eliminating the yeah. paper trail
1: that's what's so satisfying and yeah. so saw is just like to go back <laughs> yeah. and just see that oh every single event it wasn't because when you're watching the movie you kind of feel like he's just fumbling along yeah and going and like oh i can meet the guy here oh i hear he's here when really yeah. stem yeah. is just he's got the blueprints out from the get-go of how can i fully embody this human
0: yeah and then also like you imagine that like as stem goes through and is like violent and kills these people in front of him and like mangles up this guy's face like he's clearly um feeling the emotions of doing all those things and that's contributing to his mental break yeah is yeah. all the violence that he has to perpetrate to get through this mm-hmm. you know
1: i also just a small little note don't really um, no never mind i don't i take my note back i was gonna say i don't buy the whole um the whole mental struggle against things, especially like if the circuits are going through and like, Oh, how much can you kind of control? Yeah. But I get that it, it, it's a powerful dramatic tool to show this internal tension.
0: Yeah. I didn't like, I don't like those things either. I think it was one of the better done versions of it where he's barely able, like he's still Mm -hmm. firing
1: the gun. It's just off to the side. And and, that's very funny. Like that. The gun's just firing like around her that quick moment when he's trying to, when Stan is trying to shoot the detective. Yeah, (laughs) that was great. Yeah. Um, there was
0: one of my favorite moments in it, And this is just something I always want to see in these types of movies. Um, It's a very rare situation. But when Fisk and him were fighting Mm -hmm. and basically they were like kind of evenly matched... And the only, mis- like, so, like, Stem's like, I'm having trouble hitting him. So they can't hit each other, right? Yeah. They're going through this whole thing where there's no, like, actual physical damage being done to one or the other. And he's, like, stopping the gun, this guy's handgun from firing at him mm-hmm. and whatever and avoiding the little, Stem's helping him avoid the little nanobots, which we have to talk about. Yeah. Um, and so then there's this moment where he gets emotional and he tries to fire the gun or whatever. And then that's when Fisk gets the upper hand and is able to hit him against the wall, and he's stuck. Right? Yeah. So Stem goes, I, "I'm all out of options. Do great, do something."
1: And that's where he realizes, "Oh, I can throw the emotional card on him because that right. worked against Stem." And but where does he draw that information from? The oh,
0: I don't know. I guess he's just picked because it up he,
1: throughout the investigation so far. I guess, but it sounded like he was doing a voice and like impersonating like someone that was disappointed to him, like a war. Like what did you get from what he was saying to him that made him emotional?
0: Um, I was getting the fact that like this guy is appealing, uh, this character, um, I guess, as a character is uh, what do you want to call it? He's a master race kind of like machine people. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it, that's a very prideful type of character, and he appealed to that by calling like. It's,
1: uh, it's, like what? What do you remember hearing from what? Um, I don't. I don't remember. I remember the spirit of that conversation. Because what, said. what I I just. I was a little confused about that because it sounded like he was talking to the person oh. before AI, and he was he was mm-hmm. mentioning his war stuff when he was right. fighting because he had said that oh I got, I took shrapnel for yeah. this country or yeah. whatever I and know. but it sounded like L- Logan Marshall Green was impersonating the voice of like one of his former lead- uh, yeah. leaders or, off- or generals that was like saying you could have done better like why did you fuck up?
0: Yeah, I think what that antagonism was now that I remember is he's talking about having just killed the guy in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Like, cutting up his face and stuff. The um, Fisk, like, closes his eyes and is like, good work, soldier, or whatever. Like, and he's taken shrapnel for his country. So, he's got this, like, sort of soldier thing. And then he's talking about, like, how um, he wasn't that good of a soldier. And that's the final breaking point when he does like throw the punch or whatever, or fire the gun, whatever he does to break that up. It's when he's antagonizing him about like either the, the quality of his brethren who have died or whatever. He's antagonizing this guy having killed his brother.
1: 100%. But what, what threw me off was like, he's doing a slightly different voice and he Uh, was, he was very specific with the content of what he was saying. So I was trying to figure out, did, Mm. was he just referring to the situation of killing his other friend or was he drawing from that guy's own, like actual experiences overseas oh, or something like that.
0: Was there some sort of like, I don't know, but maybe, his mind.
1: but maybe it could just be what, like just the fact that he let his other
0: friend die. Very, very dense. And yeah. so every, every scene functions in that way, in some way mm-hmm. where um, you just like, what is the motivation behind this? Because sometimes he just does something, and you realize that he's operating like Stem is making decisions sometimes, he's making decisions sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah, like you get to really think and chew on every
1: single scene is like, wait, what exactly motivated this? And it made it, like that tension was so good throughout. That okay. whole, like, oh, how much does Stem get to be in control? How much mm-hmm. does what's the character's name? What's the movie? Oh, gray yeah how much of stem in control how much was gray in control and then watching that balance slowly shift across mm. the end was just so and, masterfully done and that stem wins yeah he really fucking does and i love to see a sequel <laughs> yeah uh what would what would you want to happen what would you want from a sequel some uh
0: uh just, oh, I'm, distra- I'm just out of so, curiosity where would that go so stem has absolute power society shifts more people get these types of chips and upgrades that stem has right. control over and in very subtle ways is able to it would control be most way, of society way
1: bigger world movie
0: and then some yes some uh one who's related to the past maybe his mother helps like bring out the Ooh. bring him back out of upgrade
1: to mind. mom is home and yeah. she's got like a super stem chip yeah. <laughs> and she can just like boogie even
0: <laughs> she can boogie even harder yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah no maybe i wouldn't
0: love to see a sequel but like i mean the the world building has me that's, excited that's enough it, about like the way yeah.
1: the world that they built here you want to go back to it you i want to see more of this specific world for yeah. sure so
0: check out um deus Ex mankind revolution Right, yeah. Air Let's Revolution. go back to this because you talk about this game at the top, which sounded very similar to this movie. So, yeah, so he um, basically, the main character is after he wakes up and has been upgraded, uh-huh. he goes through the steps to find out about his wife being killed and no himself. Way. Yeah, and the <laughs> fact that it was sort of all planned by the company, um, but it, it deals way more with the societal repercussions of some people basically getting this technology, but not being able to afford it mm-hmm. and how that influences. it. Like, so you see things like a bunch of people with like a weird robot arm, but like hacking and coughing in the corner of like a dive bar with no name, you know, holding a beer and just trying to get through their day, you know, and you walk by him, come on, please, mister. I got the shakes. Give me some money. Like, but he's got a crazy robot arm you know
1: man that like that sounds like such an inspiration for this movie
0: it's crazy yeah dude it's like so similar i'm just like this is the best i've always wanted to see this this (laughs) game
1: this quality yeah yeah Yeah. so i guess if you want more of a taste of upgrade go check out human revolution nice yeah great available now (laughs) use promo code Text Text Chris Chris Dave Dave Saw for a narrow message. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Scaredy Cats, thanks for listening to another upgraded episode of the Text Chris Dave Saw Massacre. I'm Chris Vandenberg, (laughs) and I'm David Stoner. And like we always say, Chaos reigns, chaos reigns, chaos reigns, chaos reigns.
0: Don't call
1: Stem a ninja, chaos reigns. It's one thing he's emotional about. Don't get emotional, Stem. Don't do it. See you next week. See ya.